Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2 Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, God designed you and God designed me with a very specific mission in mind. But more so, how often do you really do people sit down and take time to think, how did God create me? What did God create me to look like? And and what did God create me to do? And what are my assignments? A lot of people are just like, I don't really know why I'm here, but I'm here. And I don't really know myself that well. Well, I uncovered about two months ago because of another listener out of South Carolina. He said, Jim, I ran across this ministry called Alliance Ministries, and they got this thing called 210 Project. I really think you need to have them on the air because it's really cool. And so I got in, t- I got in touch with one of the founders of the 210 Project, Don Ankenbrandt, and I invited him on the show today. Don Ankenbrandt with the 210 Project and Alliance Ministries. Welcome to I Work For Him. Jim, thank you. I'm here. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. That that whole time zone difference doesn't make a difference. I can still hear you like you're live. And, and <laughs> Good deal. You know, Love technology. You're not the only one that has said, I was going to call you 255. No big deal. But it was, and it's it's okay with those time zone things. What were they thinking when they did that? Everybody should just be on the same time. <laughs> They used to be. That's right. That's right. Way back when. Don, I always do at the beginning of the show, I know we're going to talk about your incredible ministry that you're involved in, but I really want to hear, and I think the listeners really want to hear, your personal story. How is Jesus Christ making an impact on your life today? What, what is, what's going on in your world that Jesus is making an impact with? Oh, wow. I mean, 
You know, I really believe biblically, Scripture, um, you know, I think people are, have this question um, in, in the back of their minds, um, which is really seated in, you know, uh, what's life really all about? You know, what are people looking for? And I really believe you find the answer to that in Romans 8, which says, you know, the mind that's set on the flesh or ourselves really brings about death, but the mind that's set on the Spirit brings life and peace. I think what people are really longing for is life, which means, in my opinion, an adventure. An adventure with Jesus, um, an adventure knowing you're part of God's plan, an adventure that you're seeing God use you in the lives of people, you see the miraculous happen, you're seeing divine interventions and, you know, divine appointments go on, you're just on the lookout for what God's doing all the time, and that creates such an an amazing, you know, life of experience um, that brings about peace, you know, joy and peace, and so... I really feel like, you know, it's taken me years to figure out why I'm here, um, but I really feel like God's put me in this wheelhouse. And I met the Lord years ago, back in 1978, through the Ministry of Young Life up in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, ended up going into business for a season. And uh, when I got out of business, I, I read a book called Halftime when I was in my mid-30s by Bob Buford, who is a real mentor to me. And, um, and that book profoundly impacted me, and, and the premise behind it, is most of us are focused on our own success the first half of our lives. Um, and then we get to a point in midlife where we go, okay, wait a minute, is this it? I mean, I've, I've achieved a lot of the goals I thought I would. Is there more for me that God would have? Is there an adventure for me that God has? And so he recommends you take a half time, take a break, you know, do an assessment of your life and think about, God, what is it you want me to be a part of now? For the rest of my life, what's the next season look for me? Look like for me, and so that's when I read that book, it shifted everything. And uh, and I left the business world, went back into ministry with Young Life for a season, for about eleven years, and then I came up with the idea um, with Bob Buford's assistance to start Alliance. So we started eight years ago with the whole idea in a partnership with the organization, the Halftime to try to help people figure out how to get in the game. Um, I think we're all, I believe we're all part of God's plan. We're all called. There's a lot of confusion around, um, you know, how do I figure that out? What are the works that God's really planned for me? And uh, and so about eight years ago, we started the ministry to try to help. And it started out really primarily focused on men and uh, trying to help them figure out, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, I mean, all I'm ever asked to do is be a deacon or an elder. Uh, maybe if you're gifted, you might be able to teach Sunday school, but the vast majority of men that are in a church pew on Sunday are not engaged. Um, so it really felt like there was a felt need for that here in Birmingham, and we started to coach men on how do they discover who they are, um, what are they gifted to do, what are they passionate about, and um, and connect them to a ministry in the city that has that actually fits that passion. And some astounding things have happened. Honestly, in the last eight years, we've, we've helped be part of starting over 30 different ministries, and it's become really a strategy to the city where we're thinking now, you know, what do we need here? What does Birmingham need to transform it? And we started getting real strategic about bringing certain ministries and really highlighting them, like Crown Ministries, Kingdom mm-hmm. Advisors, Ron Blue, um, Apartment Life, that came, comes out of Dallas, Texas, um, a whole variety of different strategic ministries, started the National Christian Foundation, started Generous Giving, and we just, but it, this is all done through businessmen that were looking for their call, okay? And it, and so that has now expanded itself into the world of anyone 
um, when we wrote the 210 project. So it's, it's really quite amazing. When people discover what they're called to do, um, God unleashes his resources, his provision, his blessing, you know, his connections. It's just, it's, and people just come alive. It's, it's so exciting. I got an idea of something you can add to that. Now, all those ministries you've mentioned have all been on the on the I Work for Him show because they're all very powerful ministries. I mean, they're, they're ministries that are really making an impact. Crown Financial, if you listen to our show from Monday, turned my wife's and my, our marriage around. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was just fantastic. And Kingdom Advisors, I've got the president coming on in a couple of, next month in uh, March. But I've had, I've had them all. I've had Ron Blue on just a couple of weeks ago. When you look at those, those ministries, it, you need that common platform where people could come and talk about it. I think you ought to move the I Work For Him show and add a, find a radio station there we could broadcast on. All right, That's come what, on, let's go. We're in. We, we need to do that. So you you were working along with, with Bob Buford at halftime. And, right. and and I you know and and my testimony we talked about in the air and and my board uh, engineer Ace goes man I can't believe how many times that comes up in conversations Jim because it does on on my show all the time that show totally shifted my life at 37 years old or excuse me that show that book totally shifted my life at 37 mm-hmm. years old just flipped me upside down and said and I'm like wow you know what, I'm not going to go and start a new business again. I want to pursue a life of significance. I don't need to waste any more time. I've already wasted enough time. So, But I know that it's really aimed mostly at middle-aged people, and 37, I don't know, is middle-aged today, but it, it's it's kind of at a, a little higher buy-in point. And you had, the, you had the desire to get this to the masses. Is that where the 210 Project came out? Yeah, so, so what happened is, um, yeah, halftime is really, and it hit me at 34. So, you know, we're kind of in the same spiel. It's really a matter of when God's waking you up into this next season, you know. So it can range from, you know, anywhere from 34 to 65. I don't know. But there are certain triggers that trigger halftime. And, uh, and you're right. It's, its purpose in this niche is very much focused on successful businessmen that are now getting to a place where there's margin in their lives, whether they sell a company, whether they retire, whether they become empty nesters. Those are all key triggers to halftime. But, you know, I had people asking me these same questions that were in their 20s. You know, I'm, I have my kids, you know, that are all in their 20s asking the same question. And uh, and I ended up having a conversation with a pastor in town. His name is David Platt. He now is in charge of the International Mission Board for the Baptist Association. He wrote a book called Radical. And I created a study through halftime uh, called the 210 study, which is Ephesians 210, Your God's Workmanship, Created for Good Works in Christ Jesus, which God's prepared beforehand. So he's done all this, right? So that we would walk in them. And and so we called it the 210 study, and David Platt grabbed me one day and said, hey, what are, the, what are you guys doing, man? Because all of these men in my church are becoming the most engaged people. And what is the study? And so we had a couple hours of conversation about it, and that's when he said, what you need to do is create this halftime process and put it in the hands of everybody. So I, I went to Bob Buford, and I asked for his permission. I said, what do you think about this idea? I really have a heart for kids in their 20s. I think this millennial generation needs to hear this before they wake up in their 50s like the rest of us and don't know what to do. Um, and he, he loved it. So we started the process, and I, I'm not a writer, so I partnered with a couple of guys out of Focus on the Family that are. A guy named Mark Fay, who was the chief writer for Del Tackett and the Truth Project, and we sat down, and I outlined the process, and we wrote the book together. And it's been out about four years, and uh, it's been astounding what happened. Um, and so the book is actually not just a book that you read. It's a process you go through 
because it comes with a code, much like Strengths Finders, um, that you go online and it creates a profile for you. So we actually wrote the, bird, the book in three different um, sections. The first third is on identity. So we have tests that actually help you understand who you are. So we have a personality profile that's from Ministry Insights um, out of uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Rodney Cox created. <clears throat> we um, have a spiritual gifts profile so you understand your spiritual gifts. We've got uh, a passion exercise so you can figure out what really makes you come alive. You know, what, what do you, where do you want to make a difference in the world? And we kind of walk you through this process, and we created timelines for you to think through your own story. Because God has been in your story your whole life. You just need to examine the things that have happened, because they bring a lot of focus and a lot of understanding about why did God allow that to happen to me, and what can I do now? Well, and, um, and, and when, I, when I went through, no, I just want, I want to make sure you, that we get, get a little conversation here on this because what you're saying is so powerful. Because the tool that you've got, you've got a book that kind of guides you through the process, and then you've got an online portal that has all these different assessments and things to guide them through the process of finding out who God created them to be and what He created them to do, and then maybe their their current assignment, their their current spot where they're supposed to be plugged in. And I, what I love about it is that you've got. You're giving tools to everybody because a lot of people think, well, I got to run my own business or I got to run my own ministry or I got to be a pastor in order to be able to make an impact. No, this is a tool for everybody in every seat. Absolutely. Everybody is part of God's plan. When He created, and before time was created, I mean, go to Psalm 139, just read that God ordained the days that He planned for us. And we're part of His plan, Ephesians, you know, I mean, Ephesians 2.10, we are part of God's plan, and we're not meant to just go to church and learn about Jesus and worship Him. We're really meant to be a part of what He's doing on the earth, and that is, that's where people find their purpose. So, talk I mean, to, when, how are you? In, sorry, we're both talking at the same time. How are you, intru- are you? Are you? Are you introducing this in outside of the church walls, or are you introducing it inside of the church walls? Well, both. It's, it's hitting all over the place. I mean, it's it's we have we have organizations like. Pinnacle Forum and, and Kingdom Advisors and that are promoting it, um, that you know are using it in their men's studies. We've got men's studies going all over the country. We've got churches starting to use it as their entry point for people. Um, it's a great small group tool. It's very simple. It's a short book. Um, there's only 12 chapters, and again, we wrote it in three parts. So this first third is an identity, so it really helps you understand. You need to know who you are. What, what do you gifted? God gave you gifts for a purpose. Do you know what they are and how to use them? The, the second third of the book is what does ministry really look like? And I love that's what I love about what you're doing, Jim, because um, our lives are played out right here. Now, certainly God has assignments for you to go to Africa, maybe, or he may have you do something, start a ministry, I don't know. But the average believer out there that is just, they need to figure out what does God want to do with me in my workplace? What does he want to do with me in my family? What does he want to do with me in the communities I live in? Are there ministries I should be assigned to out here? What really would what difference will I want to make in my community? Should I help bring crown to here because it really impacted me? I mean, bring a full time crown person to, to to really grow it. That was our idea. You know, what does our city need? And you may be one of the key people that are really God's chosen to solve that problem in your community. And then there may be greater assignments that you might be a part of, like you know, orphans in Africa or water. You know, water. I don't know. The thing is, God puts that in you, and you need to discover what that is. Um, and then you need to run to it. And then when you run to it, he shows up. <laughs> yeah, and it's just incredible. It goes back to that whole line, God doesn't usually call the equipped, he usually equips the called. 
That is a and it's and it's, and it's as we seek Him, we find Him, and it, and it's such a process. But it is, and it's in those quiet hours of the day. But it is, it is so true. I grew up in, you know, I, I grew up in church, but never was I ever told that my calling to the business field, my calling as an entrepreneur, was a ministry calling, that I was the pastor in my own business, my own church, which was my business. Nobody ever told me that. And that's really what you're helping people understand. Listen, God called you, and it may be to be an insurance agent or a real estate agent, or maybe to be a nurse. God's got a calling in your life and 210 Project to help you figure out what it is. And Don, as you launch this in Birmingham, really as just a passion that God laid on your heart, talk to me about some of the initial reactions people are getting as they go through this study. Well, gosh, I mean, it's we've taken thousands of people in through Birmingham now because this is my home, this is my home turf. So, you know, I teach it at Sanford University every week. Um, there's a there's a wonderful ministry here in town called the Love Lady Center, which is a prison reentry for about 400 women. That and I teach that every Monday to these women, and you know, to watch people um, figure out that yeah, you really are part of God's plan. You know, he's strategically placed you here in our city, and, and uh, you know, your family, is he's chosen your family, whether you, you think it's good, bad, or otherwise. What does God want to do with you? Um, and so, you know, this is where all this ministry has just been stirred up. It, it hasn't been stirred up by me. It's been stirred up by people, you know, seeking the Lord and going, God, I, I want to get in the game. You know, and and we're one of the most heavily church cities in the country. I would imagine you got um, some power churches up there for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're at the top of the food chain in in a lot of ways when it comes to lots of churches. But that doesn't mean that a lot of people are engaged. It means a lot of people go to church. But isn't that really a result of the way church is designed right now? The body of Christ has gotten really kind of tuned to be spectators. They go to the sanctuary where they go and they get to hang out with like-minded people and sit in pews and get fed. Exactly. And and that is okay for a season because, you know, you want to grow and you want to begin to learn and but Jesus said, go out into the world, um, you know, and he didn't say, go sit in church and learn as much as you can about me and join a small group and do, you know, and, and be a good guy. I mean, you know, um, he, he's like, get, you've got to get engaged. And, and so the thing that we really challenge people here to, to do is to figure that out. You, you play a vital role in God's kingdom here. Yeah. And, you know, we've raised the water level of every single ministry in the city because we're just... We're like, we, we call ourselves eHarmony for ministry, right? We try to help people understand <laughs> who they are, and we connect them to a mission that fits them. Well, it's as simple as it is. I love that, because that's really what we try to do with the radio, with I Work For Him, is we try to get people to find out about these incredible ministry opportunities out there. But locally, we've got a ministry I told you about before, identityanddestiny.com, which is a little bit different mm-hmm. what you guys do, but very, very similar. And it just gets people to open up their eyes to, wow, I mean, I was created to do more than what I'm doing today and that I can actually make an impact where I am every day. And, and, and as you said, it, it, to be a uh, really just, uh, you're, you're, you're driving the fire hose towards these ministries that are really discipling people and making a difference. Well, and they need help. So, the, you know, what I saw over the years, because I, I, I was here in, in full-time ministry for a long time, we didn't lie, this disconnect and all the ministries that were really struggling and needed people. And over here, all the churches and sitting in a church full of people going, where is everybody? You know, I was doing inner city ministry with inner city kids. I'm like, where are, where is everybody? They don't even know what's going on over here. So we wanted to try to create a bridge, a connection point, and that's really where a lot of the uh, my passion to figure out how to do that really was driven out of my frustration 
when I was attempting to do ministry and trying to get people engaged, I didn't know how to do it. But I was trying to drag them into what I wanted them to do, and I didn't realize that what God was really trying to do is He's already signed them to other things. So I need to help them figure out what that is. Right. So you're you're really a a ministry networker. I like that. All right, Don, take a couple of minutes and tell me the story of one person who's gone through this and the transformation it is it is you've seen in their lives. All right, Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill is actually we put him in the book. Um, business guy owns a State Farm uh, business. Really frustrated in his mid-30s, thinking about what to do. And one of the things we talk about in the book is do what you love and take people with you and connect it to ministry. How can you do what you love and create ministry from it? He loved the deep-sea fish. He loved and had a heart for orphan ministry. So he created an organization, which he's just doing voluntarily, called Real Life International, R-E-E-L. So he connects his love for deep-sea fishing, and he's now working in like eight different countries— he sets up a fishing trip, which is really cool, peacock bass or marlin or, you know, whatever. But they always go and serve a ministry connected to a fishing trip. That was his passion connected to a mission that he loved. And the brother's ministry is exploding here in town. Um, and so that's a perfect example of just how simple you, this can really be. It's one of the things we really talk about in the book. God is not trying to hide his will. You can really be creative. Well, and he got to, yeah, he gets to fish and, and engage business people on these fishing trips all over the Caribbean where they're going to do great fishing. And then how are they driving money to those ministries? I was trying to remember what, I can't remember exactly from yeah. the book. Well, the, I mean, these business guys, a lot of them are businessmen that go and, and uh, you know, they get connected and see what's going on in this, this local ministry, whether it's an orphanage or whatever, they're, you know, whatever it is he's done. You know, he has a ministry part in each country and they're near a port. And they're all they're all they're all in the world of poverty and the poor, you know, orphan care and whatnot. And so um, they uh, they bring the businessmen in, let them see this, and these guys always want to get behind and support that ministry because now they've been a part of building it or you know hurricane relief down the down off the um, Cabo San Lucas, you know, down the very end of uh, of um, Mexico. Huge hurricane problem down there. I mean, destroyed everything. You know, he's had men meet the Lord on trips because of that. We're talking today with Don Ankenbrand from allianceministries.org about the 210 Project. The 210 Project, just for those of you tuning in right here at the bottom of the half hour, is a, it's a ministry with the sole purpose of equipping Christ followers to understand, to discover their place in God's story. And I like to describe it, Don, is the tapestry that God is weaving all around us. Because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get very myopic. We, we get very focused on just ourselves sometimes or right in our situation. Yet God is weaving an incredible tapestry, which a lot of times all we get to do is see the back, where we can't really tell what it looks like. But in the front, God is weaving something incredible. And as you described the movement uh, and the impact that 210 Project has had in Birmingham, I, I, I think people need to hear that, because that's what I pray for in Tampa Bay. As you heard the opening of the show, I'm trying to get people just to start praying for their co-workers and employees by name each and every day, to start looking at themselves as ministers in their own workplace. How did this... Have you always lived in Birmingham? Uh, I've been here about 28 years. So um, I actually lived in West Palm Beach for a while, so... Oh... Yeah, I'm a Florida guy. You're, but you're one of those guys from West Palm Beach. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not from Palm Beach, but you're from West Palm Beach, which I learned the difference. See, I live on the West Coast, and so when it says beach on it, you're actually on the beach, but West Palm I Beach means you're... I was a long ways from the beach, man. Yeah. I lived in Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay, so 
I, 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 let's just go back and just review for those people that just are do, just turning in. God laid this on your heart after reading halftime, and and you said, "Well, I want to get this out to the masses." How did this project develop? I mean, did you already have this in your heart, and you grabbed these other two, other two guys to write it, or was this something that kind of developed as you put your pen to paper? Well, it actually it, it was a process over time. You know, um, actually, what happened when when I kind of stepped into working in partnership with Halftime when it was when Halftime was actually a very new organization. Bob Buford wrote the book in '95, but it really didn't become a full-fledged, you know, um, true organization until about 2005. And I knew the president of, of Young Life was a former Young Life staff guy, and so, um, you know, we just through a series of a lot of events, too long of a story, um, ended up connecting. And I was put on the leadership team at halftime, and we were all just trying to look. We were, we'd sit in a room and pray, and we'd go, God, how do we help people figure this out? And we, we literally whiteboarded up ideas. We were, how do you bring the halftime story to the church? How do you bring it into the workplace? How do you bring it in, you know, to all, I mean, every aspect of life, men, women, and otherwise. And, and for me, I was their first affiliate. I was the guy that just wanted to stay in my city, not travel and, and speak. And I wanted to impact the guys that were around me. And having been with Young Life for so many years here, 13 years, I knew a lot of people. So it was an easy thing for me and network to get step right into and start asking the question, what are you doing? And so that's really how it started. And my, my it was an experiment. I, I was cobbling stuff together um, that seemed to work. You know, we were using strengths finders as a spirit, you know, just to help people understand what their strengths are. I gave them a spiritual gifts profile that I got from my church. It was cobbled. And the idea came, um, we should put this all in one good process. And the Lord, you know, just put the right people together. These guys from Focus, incredible writers and thought leaders. Um, you know, Dell Tackett had influence on it. He wrote the forward in it. You know, he did the Truth Project, and 12 million people have done that. And, you know, it just kind of, it was a, just a work in progress, and we just outlined what I've been doing with people, and I think God anointed it. I really do. And, and then we found Rodney Cox, who, in my opinion, is a genius. He created Ministry Insights, and he's the one who created all of the online journey that you see. And the technology behind this is state-of-the-art. There's nothing else like it in the world. Um, and uh, it really is a coaching process. You know, what I would do... One-on-one with someone, we try to put automated. So it's going to ask you the right questions. Well, it's and going to give and you the questions are tough questions. I, I got to just jump in. There. I mean, yeah. you, they're not just, they're just not like softball pitches. I mean, you, no. know, you come right out in the first question, the first, I, I should have made some notes when I, the, the ones that shocked me the most, but you're like, I'm like, wow. Okay. These are, you're, you're asking me what I think of God and, and how I view God in relation to my own, my own life i mean it was it they were they're like wow okay wow yeah in your face we're gonna have some fun with this we're gonna really find out what you think of god to help you walk through the process does that mean because at first the first survey that you get through asks a lot of those really intense questions do you then um is the experience that they go through on the 210 project somewhat uh designed specifically for them are there different paths that they take based on how they answer those questions in the first assessment yeah, if in that first assessment, we basically ask just, just I mean, I love five or six questions that we're, they're basically saying, what, what, we're trying to get an assessment on you. What do you believe about God? Do you believe that God has a part, that you're part of his plan? Do you think that you could not live his will in your life? You know, what, what, what do you believe about him? We're trying to, and so then we actually have some triggers when we see how people answer. And if you trigger and say, I'm not so sure, you know, I don't think I could be part of God's plan, we're going to send you uh, an email and go, 
you ought to consider these three verses. Go look at Psalm 119. Go look at Ephesians 2.10. So we start a little coaching process, but then you get into the online stuff. That first third is all in your identity. So when you take this personality profile, it will nail you. It's like, this is really true about me. This is interesting. And, and it pulls out, you know, how, how, you know, who you are, what are your strengths, um, and uh, what do you bring to the table? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a profile that Rodney Cox created that millions of people in churches have been using um, all over the world. I mean, his, his product is really in state-of-the-art, but it's in our book. And, um, and, uh, and then you do this spiritual gifts profile. You know, my story with spiritual gifts is when I was in my 30s, and I'll make this real quick. I, I took my first spiritual gifts test. I, I was in church. I loved the Lord, and I'd been in church, and I knew maybe I had to get the teaching, and, but I never really thought about the gifts purposely. And my wife and I had, I had had a variety of jobs in my life, and um, I'm hard to nail down for a while. And she said, you know, I'm a little concerned you're thinking about changing jobs again. And, and I'm like, I don't know why every few years I feel mo- motivated to, for change. So I went and got counseling. And I discovered that my spiritual gift, my number one spiritual gift, is, is apostleship. I didn't know that. I didn't even know what it meant. But this is the number one thing God gave me, my identity as an apostle, which is a person that starts things. Right. And as soon as I figured that out, I walked in feeling like I was a failure into this counseling session. Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't, why do I need change? This guy was able to go, well, you're an apostle. Here's why you need change. Paul went and started the church in Ephesus. He was there for a few years, then he moved over to Philippi. You know, after that, he went to Colossae. After that, he went to Thessalonica. Then he went over over here to Rome. Then he, you know, and he started the church in Corinth. And he he was on assignments. And a lot of us are on assignments from God, and we don't realize that's how He wired us. And uh, that freed me. I mean, I all of a sudden came alive. Like, okay, I'm going to look for my assignments from God. Um. And I believe we all have them. I think that's a real part of this book, too. We're trying to reshape the way that you see ministry. So talk about the impact, then, on the body of Christ. You, you gave an example of Michael O'Neill. He was a business owner, okay, a state farm guy, starts a ministry, a fishing ministry. And in order to do the fishing ministry, he, has, he had to have a sweet boat in order to be able to get that accomplished. Let's talk about the people that are on the ground level, the people that actually keep businesses running, the administrative people, those people that are maybe just getting started off. Like you said, people in their 20s and their 30s, they're, they're not at the top of the totem pole in the workplace, they're, they're at the bottom getting started. What kind of impact do you see in their lives as they start to go through this? Oh my gosh, they're so gifted. Everyone, everyone in, that you just described are, are gifted. Can you give me a good and, example of somebody that's gone through the process and, and what you saw transforming their lives? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are tons of people, you know, a lot, like a lot of people, what we try to do when they go through the process is help them understand how to use your gifts purposely. So I've got this guy that just works down here at a company, and his gift is encourage them, right? So the question comes up, all right, so, John, how do you use that purposely? He's like, I never really thought about it. I just kind of look nice to people. I'm like, well, you know, so all of a sudden, the, he's starting to think out of the box, right? And he's starting to think, okay, I'm going to start writing notes to people. That's simple. You know, you really, this is what I see in you. You're, you know, and, and he's using this gift of encouragement. And it's opened up conversations about people's lives, and he's led some people to the Lord. And it's right there in the workplace. It's not, you know, he didn't have to go to Africa to do that. He didn't have to find a mission trip to do it. Most of us don't know how to practically live our lives out. I, we've got guys that, there's a guy that started, um, he's elderly, right? 
He's got a heart for uh, the handicapped. He realized that there are people that don't have handicap ramps. He's real handy. Gets a group of his friends, and they go to, they go around, and they find people that need a wheelchair ramp, and they partner church to it. They build over 400 wheelchair ramps in the city. Wow. Just just by, I mean, and they, then they get the church to fund it, and then the church shows up, the church helps build it, and then they're ministering to a family that's in need. So how much, now when you look back, and, I, and I'm a guy, I'm, first of all, a weather freak. I grew up in Minneapolis, and so I'm, I'm used to weird, freaky weather. God almost laid fertile ground in Birmingham for the ministry explosion that you're talking about with the incredible destruction from the tornadoes. How many yep. years ago was that? Five or six years ago? Yeah, it was. Well, the, I mean, the one three years ago, the three one years that really ago. hit when okay. we had 170 tornadoes in one day. Yeah, it was. That was a horrific. busy. That was a busy day. But but when things like that happen, all of a sudden people realize just how frail life is, and and they all of a sudden start to focus on, hey, what's this really all about? I could have been dead that night. Absolutely. So, uh, do you think that, that that God used that just like He did when that the uh, the earthquake and the tsunami out, out in Indonesia used that to open the door for Christian ministries to impl- just explode all over uh, that area in Indonesia after the earthquake and the tsunami? How has God used that that torna- those tornadoes to help really get people to ask those questions? Do you have any people referencing that night? Oh, yeah. Oh my, oh, my gosh. It exploded some ministries in town. The Christian Service Mission became, like, uh, on the map. And th- they served the needs of all kinds of people. There were thousands of people that got out in communities and were helping just people find stuff, pick things up, rebuild homes. Um, I ju- you just mentioned in the, I just got back from Thailand this fall, and there's a revival going on in Thailand that people may not even know about because of the tsunami, because the church is the only thing that went and stayed. The government dropped off water, built a few shelters, and then they're out of there. You know, gave them some MREs. The church came in and started to rebuild homes and started to share the gospel. And it's amazing what God's done. So tragedy is part of this conversation for sure, Jim, because God has allowed certain things in our lives that break us. Um, and we actually really ask you to go into your place of suffering and figure out that's typically where your mission is discovered, is where you've suffered where you've been broken, where you've had pain, that's where you want to right the world. You know, it may have been addiction, it may have been abuse, it may have been you lost your house in a tornado, now you're going to serve others. It's, God uses tragedy certainly to wake us up and, and help us realize that, this is, that life is eternal. It's, not, it's just not right about us right now. now As how... Rick Warren said, it's not about us, not about you. No, but that's hard to get to that point in your life to realize it's not about me. It's really all about God. I mean, that's just an incredible, incredible thought process. When you look at how far and wide the reach is with the 210 Project, I mean, are you across the country yet with this, or has it really just been focused on Birmingham? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's in every state. Um, it's in, it's in gotten to 37 countries, um, you know, just thousands and thousands thousands of people. Uh, crews using it. They want to have all their seniors, Campus Crusade for Christ. They've, they've um, now partnered with us, and they're... they're we're training their leaders, and they're going to have every senior in the mission uh, go through it before they graduate from college. Don, as we we've got about a minute and a half left till we go till we're done with the show, kind of recap why somebody should get a hold of this book, whether they download it or order the book, and do these online assessments. What is what's the experience going to be? Well, it's going to help them understand who they are and why they're here. Uh, I mean, it's as simple as that. What does God have for you? Who are you? What are you wired to do? What are you passionate about? Where are you going to make a difference in the world? What's God called you to be a part of? And then step into it. Go live it out, just like Ephesians 2.10 says, you know, go walk out the works that God has already prepared for you. 
He's already got a plan. It's there. And all you got to do is go to the go to 210project.com and order the book and and it's only it's only 20 bucks plus shipping and handling. So it's like 23.95 altogether. Um which is a pretty good deal to figure out why you're here. And uh you know, and we're not just trying to hawk books. We want people to get in the game. We want to we want to start a movement where God's people are really making a difference in the communities they're in but using their gifts and their passions to do it. And that's why we did this. That's why God gave it to us. It's it's a powerful tool. I, I remembered the question that was on the first assessment, the first one you went through that, that threw me sideways. Can God change your calling? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. That's that's a tough one. Of course, God can do anything he wants to do. That was my answer. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> must be. God can do whatever he wants to do. But you know, what you're helping people do is get plugged in, because you're not just trying to get plug people into ministries and, and, and go full-time in a church. You're trying to get people to get plugged in doing what they were called to do, no matter where they are in society, correct? Yeah, and in every realm of their life, not just finding this one thing. That's usually the big mistake people make. All right. God has you in multiple places. He's going to use you through life and assign you to different things as you grow and as you get your network grows. You're, you're, you just have to have your radar up, but you can't really do well with it unless you know who you are. Amen to and that. Unless you know what you're gifted to do. And when you figure that out, you, you run to that stuff. It's, it makes it a whole lot easier. Don Ankenbrandt with Alliance Ministries about the 210 Project. Thanks so much for coming on I Work for him today. Tim, thank you, brother. Great to, great to be with you guys. Hey, thanks for everybody listening to today. I hope maybe you were challenged to, wow, dig a little deeper. You, you've heard me talking about this. We need to know what our calling is. We need to know who God created us to be. Thanks so much to Ace Andrew. Did a great job juggling phones today. What'd you learn today about how we can take this city? You know, we learned today that there are tools out there for everybody to help us find out who God created us to be and what that looks like and, and, and the job, maybe not the jobs, but who He created us to be and what He created us to do. He gives us the tools in order to be able to understand what's next for us. And so many times we, we're just out there going, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just sit in the pew. I'll be fine. No, no. This is... This is one of those tools. Uh, you know, the 210 Project is one of those tools that you can use in order to dig deeper into your faith and find out, wow, what has the Lord got in store for me? You see, the, the enemy of the battle, the enemy of the souls of our coworkers and employees takes the battle very seriously. This is one of these things that you need to go through in order to armor up for the battle in the workplace. The 210 Project, find it on allianceministries.org. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but you know this. I work for him.